My fellow writer over at Pucks and Pitchforks, Jersey Joe, accompanies me on today's episode of Locked on Devils. We're going to look at some interesting numbers for the Devils in terms of their efficiency and hear it from the perspective of Jersey Joe. There's a lot to discuss on today's episode of Locked on Devils, including looking at some of the young up-and-coming players and how they've been doing during the course of preseason. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elliott scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, College Hockey Club, a play announcer. Dell's right for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. Join alongside recurring guest of my show, Jersey Joe. He is a contributor on Draft Pro, Pucks and Pitchforks, and is the host of Heads Up Hockey Podcast. Jersey Joe, it's been a minute since you last appeared on the show. You actually reached out to me saying you wanted to do some sort of collaboration, so I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. What are we discussing? Because the Devils have a few preseason games under their belt, and the start of the new season is right around the corner. Well, first off, as many of you know, so it's Draft Prospects Hockey, uh, DPH, for short. So anyways, I use a valuable tool that they call Instat, and you've probably heard of it before by some notable people. And I was able to look at some other teams, their shots for and against, and I put in, in an article recently uh from four days ago on pucks and pitchforks but i'm gonna send trey the uh the screenshots of the the diagrams so that way you can see it in this new clip so that way you understand what i'm talking about yep so that'll be on the video portion if you're watching on youtube but when pulling up that article right now it is titled new jersey devils looking to improve efficiencies on shot contribution so Jersey Joe, can you provide some insight? What do you mean by that? So, you know, under Mark Recchi, and then you move on from last year with Andrew Burnett, you want to look at how can Travis Green help improve this Devils uh, power play and the overall effectiveness shooting from all areas. Now, with that being said, I'm I mentioned in the article, so if you look at it, the Devils are very good pretty much in the high dangers and behind the opponent's net because they got guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer who can quarterback those plays. Adding a guy in like Timo Meyer can drive plays behind the net. Also guys that play the bumper and shooting from the points really shoot a lot more. Now you add guys like a Tyler Toffoli, a Noshek. Those guys contribute more there. They're, they're just going to stabilize that. However... You want to look at the weaker areas, especially, like, further out. You want to look at, like, the top of the blue line. On the, Like, when you're just trying to hold a zone, you need to get pucks on a little bit more frequently. But also, opponents do have to be careful with you because they want to block those shots. They want to make you shoot wide. So, Devils got to pass a little bit less. So, yeah, that's something I've been talking about the last couple of episodes in, in which why I think the Devils were a 
mediocre power play team last year is because they pass the puck around too often and it slowed down their momentum because I think you and I both know and everyone knows the Devils are a fast-paced team. So they like to get those shots off the rush. They like to work east to west. But the problem is on the power play, it forces you to slow down a little bit because you got to be meticulous. Like, where are the openings at? How can you collapse the defense? How can you make sure that uh, your opponent doesn't get a stick on the puck because they're not looking for the shorthanded goal more times than not? Depends on the repertoire, depends on the player skill set. It's not that cut and dry. But I think it's safe to assume that when a player touches the puck and they're on the penalty kill, they're trying to blast it down to the other side of the rink to kill some time, go for a line change so that way they're not on the rink too long so that way they can get their player out of the penalty box pronto. But the point I'm just trying to make is that the power play forces teams to slow down, and I think that's the issue that the Devils had, which is now they're they're kind of in uncharted territory because they can't outrun their opponent. Now how do they – efficiently play don't worry there's still more in store but before we continue i want to tell you guys about doordash an og sponsor of locked on great that they are back with the network so need fresh groceries for the week but don't have the time to go to the store try grocery delivery from doordash you'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door you've entrusted doordash to deliver your restaurant favorites and now they could get grocery delivery that actually delivers too with thousands of grocery stores to choose from You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. You want even more value? You can save all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a door pass membership. With all easy substitutions right in the app and best in-class customer service, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCK at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCK. Don't forget, that's LOCK for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. Take it away once again. I think one of the things that Amanda Stein pointed out a couple days ago at a recent Devils practice is that she noticed that Travis Green's coaching ability for the power play, it was fast, it was intense, and he's taking no prisoners. Now, I said the last couple episodes, I I can't sit here and speculate and talk about what Mark Recchi did or didn't do or what Andrew Burnett did or didn't do because ultimately I don't know, but if I had to make an educated guess, I don't think Amanda was tweeting something like that during the <laughs> recce uh, reigns of being the associate coach or the Burnett uh, being the associate coach. We knew that Burnett was a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of the power play devils were pretty mediocre. So yeah, I think, um, I think for Travis green and what I've been seeing the last few preseason games that the devil's power play is much more efficient and, Bryce Salvador pointed out during the Philadelphia Flyers game, and I noticed it against the New York Rangers. This just seems like a different dynamic of the power play for the Devils. And I know it's preseason, and any of my listeners know I'm not the biggest fan of preseason games. I don't want to read too far into the storylines. But I think it's evident that the Devils have improved somewhat. But I'm just trying to be cautious and not jump the trigger because we haven't even played the first official game of the year. Technically, it's called pull the trigger, but 
you don't want to put too much stock in it. But for me, I like to dissect things. So like for me, I like to look at the shot map. So like with Instat, I get to look at how a team can do. Not It's not just all about prospects, but yeah, that's just the other piece of the puzzle. So when you look at the Devils and they do their, you add goals and you add shots on goal, the Devils pretty much are 100%, no, no given problem during preseason. But then you add missed goals, I mean missed shots, you know, you look at that, their, their weakness would be on the right wing side when you're attacking at 59.7%, so that's 40 out of 67, you add the block shots. Devils go down to 49.4. So that's 40 out of 81 opportunities. Then you look at a little further back. You're right ahead of the two face-off dots coming from your defensive zone. You're looking at the double shooting from behind the, the, the two points, the left and right wing. They're 20.9, so they're 9 for 43 from the low danger. And then they're 38% from the center position when they're north of the two face-off dots within the opposing zone. And then that means they're 19 for 50. But then another 19 for 50, they're also 38% on the right wing side on the low danger. So... Can they work a little bit more efficiently further away from the goalies? I think they can. Maybe Travis Green has a little bit something where maybe Luke Hughes will shoot more often, like last night. But they did a really good pass the puck really quick. They weren't being stagnant, but they were moving their feet around. So I like the way they were playing. And also Nolan Foote, I think on one power play possession, he had like three shots on. I believe Shesterkin was still in the game at the time. But uh, the point is Foote was trying to get some opportunities to crack into the score sheet because similar to Alexander Holt, similar to uh, a lot of other young guys, he's trying to compete for a roster spot, particularly on that third line. So every stat is so crucial. And uh, just seeing him be that aggressive on the power play, that that's honestly music to my ears and also eyes just because I want to see the devils be more aggressive on the power play because I've been talking about a lot during the summer, but this team has a lot of talent on the roster. There is no way in hell they should be a mediocre power play team. Just no way. So even, even last year, like you had Jack Hughes, you had uh, Dougie Hamilton, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton. And that's just your top power play unit. I, did I mention Timo Meyer when they added him? Uh, they, they jumped. Oh, from, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. He jumped from they jumped from the 18th position to the 13th position. Come the end of the year, and then on the second power play unit, I think that's where people took exception because it's just like the Devils were very top heavy on the power play, at least for the first unit. But then come the second unit, people didn't really have much faith in them. But I think Dawson Mercer was definitely a game changer for <laughs> Devils and. Adding Tyler to Foley definitely gives you more options. And Luke Hughes actually looked pretty good on the top power play unit for, for Devils against the Rangers. And, and keep in mind, that's Luke Hughes' first preseason game because I mentioned it on my show, but he's been dealing with some soreness. He's been dealing with a, with a nagging injury that's been sidelining him for 
a, a few weeks now. He didn't participate in Prospects Challenge. He didn't participate in training camp. But now he's back in preseason, and it's similar to what we've been talking about during the playoffs. Jumped right into the fire and is playing efficiently. I will say, like, when you were probably 18, 20 years old, you know, when we both played sports, you know, it doesn't matter if you play hockey or not, but when you're young, you get a little nicked up. You d- it doesn't really bother you a whole lot. And your recovery time is a lot quicker than someone who's like my age, 34. You're probably, what, 23? So 24. 24. So 24, you're still a young guy to me. So you, you're, you're going to recover quicker than I will. So what I'm saying is about Luke Hughes is that even when he's playing a little bit ginger, he can still jump and do all the aspects he can do. He's just swift, agile. He's smart. Look, when they were the Devils were on that penalty kill in the second period, he was running like a running back on skates. He was agile, just killing the penalty off, looking to see if he can go for a shorthanded goal. And that's just one little aspect of his game that he's going to be doing all year long. If he can be on the first penalty kill, mind you, say that. So how do you think the special team units are going to hold up for the Devils come new, uh, the next season? Because I think other than like the goaltending, I think their biggest issue is like being on the main advantage because their penalty kill was good last year, but their power play was where people were iffy on it. So this is where I'm going to go a little bit on a kind of a hot take, maybe a mild take. I'm going to say the Devils are probably going to be maybe top 10 in the power play, given the fact that you already have so many great pieces already at the disposal, whether it's a Timo Meyer or Dougie Hamilton to Foley. I mean, if Alexander Holtz, mind you, starts getting going actually full time, look out like top nine, creating a top four could be really dangerous for opponents. I mean, Alex Holes is to me he he looks lighter. He looks a little bit swifter, but I'm I currently have him as a C type type grade right now. I know you're doing passing and failing grades. To me he's just, you know, the average. If he can stay above average and consistent, he'll be fine. I mean, playing with someone that is more defensively minded but I know he's improving a little bit more on the four check and being aware, being closer to uh, the slot. He's going to be okay. But last year, he was not doing any of those things. Honestly, Joe, that's not a hot take because I've been saying it on my show. There's no reason why the Devils can't be a top 10 or a top five power play unit. I'll go there. I will go there because – on your top power play unit, you got Nico Heischer, you got Jack Hughes, and you possibly got Dougie Hamilton. Maybe we'll see Luke Hughes take that position. I don't really know. But nonetheless, Dougie Hamilton will be on a power play unit for the Devils. So Hamilton, Heischer, and Hughes, you have three of the top 50 players in the entire league, according to NHL Network. You got a big body in Timo Meyer. You got uh, veteran leadership in Tyler Toffoli. You got Dawson Mercer, who's a scoring machine as well. You got Eric Holla, who's sort of like a Swiss Army knife. You got a rising star in, uh, in Luke Hughes. I think he can definitely give Connor Bedard a run for his money for the Calder Trophy. Um, 
yeah, you got a lot of talent on this power play for a devil. So honestly, that's not a hot take. That's something I've been talking about my show. I don't, I don't know what everyone else's consensus opinion is, but I'd say top five, top 10 power play unit for devils easily. And I'll say this about now we're going to talk more about uh, shots against now this is going to be adding in the goals against shots on goal, missed goals and blocked shots by uh, instat. So the weakest point is much further out when the opponent is attacking above that face-off circle uh, at the top of the blue line. So that's the doubles are 28.1%, and that means they're only allowing the other team to go 18 for 64. And that means they're doing not so good in that department, but opposing teams still converting. And yet it's even worse when opponents move over to the right side at the center slot, the, 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 the low danger slot at 45.8%. And they're converting at 35 to 72 chances. Now that needs to change. That really does need to change because one of the things I looked at last night when the, the doubles were allowing the bottom six of the Rangers to get a little comfortable setting up on the, on the umbrella attempts. That worries me, though. That worries me a little too much because when it comes to closing out games, you want to suffocate your opponent more. You want to pressure them. I know when you're down a guy, you're at a disadvantage, but you still got to create a formation. You can't just be stuttering your feet there. However, I mean, everywhere else, they are pretty much set. Like, they they kill off things like... Behind their own net, they were 75% uh, effective, three out of four. Like guys like Kevin Ball covering the zone, looking good. Shimon Nemec looking really solid, covering his man. And just blocking shots, just being a pest, doing your thing, that's what I want to see. So you actually touched on something that I actually want to ask your opinion on, which is Shimon Nemec and the possibility of him – making the opening night roster for Devils. Because the thing is, we thought it was going to go to Colin Miller because Colin Miller is a solid contributor. And I think the point is just to take take the – the Devils want to take their time with the Mets. Like, there's no rush. There's no reason for him to, like, you know, be thrusted into the fire right away. But he's proving himself quite well. He performed well defensively at the Prospects Challenge. And now in terms of being in the, in the scorebook, He's actually doing well in preseason. Two preseason games down, he, he has two points. He has a goal, he has an assist, and he's ruffling the feathers of his opponent. So Shimon Demetz is your guy. I think you were the only one at the draft party to actually cheer and say, yes, we got our guy, we got my boy. So yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on Demetz. Do you think it's time for him to make the opening night roster, or do you think the smart move would be to leave him in the AHL to begin the season? So let me throw this out there. I'm going to make an, an automotive uh, test uh, comparison. So basically, when he got drafted and proved that he can play well at the AHL level, he passes permit test. So he's gotten all the basics down and everything. Now he's been driving along in the AHL. Now preseason comes along. You're getting a lot tougher tests. And all these turns, all these little funny things come up your way. 
and he's reacting properly. And it's not like he's let up too many things or botched a lot of things. And last night, the Devils could have been up 3 nothing had he not got robbed in late in the period. Now, if that wasn't Igor Shosturkin, that's to the back of the, the, the Ranger net for the Devils right there. And mind you, he's been playing well physically. He's been Sasquatching. When he played for Slovakia at the U-20s against Canada, against the Connor Bedard team, I mean, the kid is going to be set to take the the car keys and right off on that new uh, Hyundai Ionic 6 or maybe a Tesla Model 3. I think he's ready to hit the road and uh, enjoy his time here in New Jersey uh, where Rob in black. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, Shimon, the Mets, if he continues to perform the way he's performing in the preseason, I think you do have to make that legitimate case and say he should be on the opening night roster. At least give him a chance. Because if he – so, like I said, preseason, not my cup of tea. But it gives me a chance to get a good gauge as to how people like the Mets are performing in a beta version of an NHL matchup. Because, it, let's face it, it's not – Preseason is not the real thing, but it gives uh, these young guys a chance to like participate in what what the NHL atmosphere would be like. So I I, I think since he's performing well so far, like he like he got a fluke goal in his first game against the Montreal Canadiens. Then Samuel uh, Montembeau, yeah, Montembeau just absolutely fumbled it. Never seen that before. That was a dump attempt. It was just it was like <laughs> it was like a game of like uh, pinball, which is. I think it went off the, the board first, and then it, it, it just rifled over to Montembeau. It went under his foot or something like that. I had never seen that before. And I guarantee you, if, if Shimon the Mets was to do that 50 times, I think 50 times he would miss it, or it, it wouldn't go in. I, I think one out of every 50 goes in. But I will say this. It, that, that, that shot reminded me of going to the Silver Ball Arcade Museum on the boardwalk in Asbury Park, not too far from the draft party. So really, that's that's kind of a fitting analogy. <laughs> yeah. So, but he still got a goal, and it made the highlight reel. So that's all I could say. It it, it made its way around. <laughs> the French the commentary was hilarious, by the way. Uh oh. Yeah, I couldn't understand a single word of the French comment <laughs> commentators, but maybe I'll share it with Amanda, and she can transcribe it for me or my brother, because. Uh, they, they, they both speak French uh, some or my brother speaks French somewhat. Amanda's fluent in it. But anyway, uh, digressing a little bit. Previous game against the Rangers. He got a no look pass to Tyler Toffoli and Toffoli went five hole on Shesterkin. Now, I get that everyone was excited for Toffoli, but did you just see that no look pass by Nemetz coming down the lane? Did it, his face was straight, like just straight at the boards and he didn't turn his head once and yet he passed it over to Foley. Sometimes you don't pass the puck to where your teammates at, you pass it to where they need to be. So there is a saying by Wayne Gretzky and one of them is a good hockey player goes where the the puck is. A really good hockey player goes where the puck will be. And Shimon Nemetz knew exactly where Tyler Toffoli was going to be. And I saw a similar pass, mind you, by Connor Bedard with that pass to Athanasiu in overtime. 
So when you see these elite level skaters, they know like just a few frames ahead in their in their mind, they know when to make that that high level IQ pass. So when I said to you a few drafts ago, Shimon Nemetz has one of the best E-level level hockey IQs out there. I said that for a reason. Am I surprised he was able to do that? A little bit, but he's given it a test run. All right, now let's talk about Kevin Ball. And it, Kevin Ball's impact doesn't show up in the in the box score, but on the his, hits and blocks, his skating ability, man, it's crazy. Like he was catching up with Jesper Bratt on a, I believe it was a two on one advantage for a devil mm-hmm. side by side. And he set up Bratt beautifully. And Bratt's like 5'10, 170 pounds. And Kevin Ball's like 6'6, 230. And yet he is skating just as fast as Jesper Bratt, who's a Ford, and Ball's a defenseman. And the fact that Ball is full steam ahead and just side by side with Bratt, not lingering behind, not uh, not falling behind. It was just incredible to see. And, and it's one of those things where I said, I know Brad scored and that's great and all, but let's talk about the skating ability by Kevin Ball. So uh, back to Kevin Ball when he was playing for Canada during the World Juniors a few years back before COVID started. This is when Russia was able to play in the IHFs. So he was able to make a consistent uh, impact offensively a little bit, but he was a very, very Sasquatchian guy when his younger days. He was more, more, more broad, like physical guy, but still able to shut down Russia's best uh, top six players. And he, when he skated for his size, I was like, this kid the devil's got now is going to be something a lot of people misunderstand at this time. But when this kid gets to the devil's prospect pool stage in New Jersey, something different is going to change for a lot of fans to notice. And when I've watched him more from his AHL time to being in New Jersey, seeing him in person, I'm not that shocked as you are, but his agileness for that size is one of the reasons why you don't trade a guy away. It's why you like, guys like Ryan Graves walk. Yeah, well, Luke Hughes kind of took the spot of Ryan Graves, let's let's be honest, but uh right. Just I, a I, little I, throw in. Yeah, yeah. I I get you though. I I I definitely get what you're saying. So, um yeah, Kevin Ball's performed really well in the preseason and his impact doesn't show up on the box score, but in terms of his skating ability and what he's doing in his own zone, it that that that's impressive and James Nichols uh, actually, you know, mentioned uh, uh, recently saying like, if this is the ball that we're going to get during the regular season, then consider the the missing defensive spot filled because Damon Severson's no longer there. Ryan Graves is no longer there, like you just mentioned. But now Kevin Ball is sort of that replacement, and I think everyone's getting excited for it. And I will I will say this: I'm I'm not surprised by the way Colin Miller played physical last night. I just think it's going to come down to the last game where Lindy Ruff does say, Fitzy and I just said, maybe you need a couple more games in Utica before we allow you, Shimon, to come full circle and 
play on the the team full time. I think Colin Miller will have probably edge him out a little bit, but at the same time, I think it's good to have a little insurance policy. Yeah, but I think Miller would, you know, make the opening night or he he's going to make the opening night roster, but in terms of being a starter, like playing every day, what would edge him out is just obviously he, he's a veteran. He's he's played right. in the league before and he played the top defensive line minutes with Dallas last year, but we saw what happened during the playoffs as the playoffs uh uh progressed, he became a healthy scratch and that's why mm-hmm. the the stars were willing to give him up for a a draft pick in uh, a fifth round draft pick not in next year's draft but the year after so we're talking 25. 2000, yeah 2025 um a fifth rounder but that that's so shocking I, but the so thing I, is like, physicality so is not in, what's up so i will say this like he'll be like a better version of brendan smith right-handed physical not a liability in the regular season but will be a good veteran to lean on for a guy like Shimo and MS to learn a lot from after all those NHL games he's played in. So it's good to have that playoff mentality for a youngster. Yeah. I mean, but my, my thing in terms of like uh, the preseason and his physicality, like you mentioned, that's not enough. Miller, you're, you're playing on the top defensive line against the Rangers. Shimo and Mets is on the bottom four defensive pairing. Why, why is he out? showing you right now like why is he like outclassing you in a sense that that's my thing and that's why I think Shimon Nemetz is uh sort of now brought himself into the conversation of possibility of making the opening night roster that's why I said give him the keys to the car especially let him start getting what third pairing second pairing minutes I mean Lindy Ruff is gonna have to realize you know you got a young guy there who's already better than Colin Miller, but Colin Miller's there to be an insurance policy at some times. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on the preseason so far and now going into the regular season. Like um, what are your expectations for devils? I know we talked, we talked about this over summer, but has your thought process changed now that we're getting closer to the start of the new NHL season? Well, it's kind of changed a little bit with Alexander Holtz. Like, I'm not, like, thinking he's a draft bust or anything like that. I'm just keeping my expectations moderate. But I do see that, you know, with a guy like Travis Green around, I think he will be a huge influence uh, for him. And if he comes full circle in New Jersey and extends that leash longer, it's going to be because of – uh, Travis Green's ability to communicate with him and the ability to be around a couple of veterans like a brat. And then you also have to realize uh, there's a lot more skilled depth in Utica going forward. You're going to have maybe guys like a Max Willman who came over from Lehigh Valley. And that that's the Phantom. So that's the Flyers. Uh AHL team and he impressed me last night uh, with the puck possession uh, being power forward uh, driving the play and one of the things I really like about last night's game was being able to hold the opposing zone longer but also being more creative on the power play and not shooting and I mean not passing so much but shooting more and 
it started to really come into fruition per se. I think Travis Green's got a lot to do with that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they potentially can do. But um, I guess the the final talking point, at least on my end, is like, have you put out any other content that people should be on the lookout for, whether it's Devils related or prospects related? Like, just just throw out your plugs, and uh, we'll that's how we'll close out today's episode. So uh, recently, I just put out another article on pucks and pitchforks, and you will see. Recently, uh, it's it's that uh, Devils looking to improve efficiencies on uh, shot contributions. Um, and at Draft Prospects Hockey, I do have one. Uh, uh, it's not necessarily an article, but it's more so like a little profile about uh, Tyler Connolly, who's a winger for the US NTDP in this year's upcoming draft. And I compare him to a couple of NHL players who I really like, but I'm also currently tracking a lot of centers right now. And some, and most of them are from Europe, mostly Sweden. And I actually been keeping in touch with a lot of uh, coaches uh, through LinkedIn who are like under 20 uh, hockey coaches, stuff like that. So I keep, I keep tabs with, uh, the coaching and whatnot, so that way I can find who they recommend for me to take a look at because I can examine them on Instat. So, Jersey Joe, any uh, final remarks before we sign off? So, final remarks, I will say this. Uh, it's going to be maybe not the most interesting of cuts, but definitely in the middle of the season, Devil's got a lot of skill and deaf players in Utica. And if you're going to games in Utica, you're going to be seeing a lot of those guys graduate to playing in New Jersey. But I, I do feel very good about this coaching staff in New Jersey. I really feel good about the way the brass is doing uh, their job. And I can't wait to be back at opening night this year, but also um, with draft prospects hockey, I'm going to be doing some podcast with them you know we're gonna do like an hour-long segment like each month and then we're gonna do like a 30-minute one so <clears throat> we're gonna you know start getting into that pretty soon um it's not that far around but i will say this i mean for those of you just learning about hockey prospects and stuff like that um we do have a youtube channel and it's gonna be interesting to see uh what we can track but also like I can keep track of Devils prospects and other opponents, uh, players as well. So I want to thank Jersey Joe, Joseph, Stanislaus once more. And um, Jersey Joe, uh, pleasure is always mine. Always check out his work on Draft Pro and Pucks and Pitchforks. And uh, hope to uh, connect once more, uh, Joe, before the start of the season. And I know you'll definitely be back on Locked on Devils. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you, I'm at JerseyJoe11 underscore NJ on, used to be called Twitter, now X, and Draft Prospects Hockey is where you'll see me. I'm also on LinkedIn. Trey's going to put in my socials uh, from there. But don't be afraid to message me. Uh, 
we can do a podcast, meet up for a pizza at uh, American Whiskey uh, this season. He's referring to our encounters. He's referring to our encounters <laughs> last year because before uh, before the Devils took on the Dallas Stars at the Prudential Center, I met up with them at American Whiskey and uh, we shared we 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 had a pizza. It was the first time we met uh, in person. Yeah, and uh, the pizza is actually pretty good there, but it does get busy nowadays. People love it there. Uh, especially after Chicklets made it even more popular with the Brat Pack. Yep. So we'll we'll definitely be in contact and we'll definitely see what's uh, in store. But like I do to close up every episode, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. Thank you to my guest, Jersey Joe. Thank you.